So here's, here's the deal this morning. Um, I need your grace and your mercy <laughs> and your understanding because I'm going over a topic this morning that brings with it a lot of emotion. For some of you, a lot of memories. For some of you, it hits you right where you are right now. It hits your family uh, in a pretty strong way. It covers your past. Um, we're talking about divorce this morning. And um, I need the freedom this morning to be able to speak with authority and not have to worry about anyone thinking I'm singling them out. <laughs> okay? So I'm not singling you out. If I give an example and you go, oh my goodness, that's exactly what I'm going through. I'll kill him. Uh, I, I honestly am not thinking about you. Okay? Uh, this is the first week I don't really care about where you're at because I have to be able to speak the truth of the Word of God. Uh, is everyone cool with that? Okay? Okay, good. Uh, and I'm going to try not to apologize anymore during the sermon, but uh, that's just the way it goes. I don't know if you ever listen to Dr. Laura, okay? Well, I have to admit that sometimes I do. Typically when I'm driving around, I listen to books on tape, but uh, sometimes when I'm ultra bored and I don't want to learn anything else, I flip on whatever's on the radio I, all, all the way around the dial. And uh, it, sometimes it lands on Dr. Laura. And one of the things I appreciate about Dr. Laura is she will go after the caller and be kind of mean to the caller. And you're going, man, give them some grace for crying out loud. They're in this terrible situation. But the reason she does it is because she knows even though there's that caller, there's a whole bunch of listeners who haven't yet made that decision. And so she's trying to protect them from making that decision. And that's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to talk about divorce, and I'm going to be very, very brutal. And it's not to go after anyone who's been divorced or whatever. Maybe you've been divorced 17 times. I don't really care. The point is that maybe there's some youth, maybe there's some people here in marriages that are thinking about this, and I want to shed God's light on the topic, okay? So that's what I'm going to do. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 19, starting in verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went into the region of Judea to the other side of the Jordan. Large crowds followed him and he healed them there. Some Pharisees, dun, 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 okay, sorry, I just like doing that, came to him to test him. They said, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, and marries another woman, commits adultery. Whew. Wow. That's God speaking in the flesh. I'm going to read it one more time. Verse 9. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, and marries another woman, 
commits adultery. Very, very strong word. And this is not the first time Jesus has brought this word. As a matter of fact, we read it in Matthew chapter 6 when we were going through that chapter. What I want to do is I want to look at this section of Scripture and I want to talk about four things that Jesus does that hopefully, uh, uh, it probably won't give too much grace to those who are, are divorced, okay? But it will hopefully frighten the heck out of you if you're married. And if you're not married yet, hopefully it'll scare you to death to get married. You will be so frightened, so utterly shaking in your boots that you'll pick the right spouse. Okay? That's, that's, uh, that's where we're going with all this. Number one, he exposes their deception. Now what's going on here? They're in a very uh, interesting region and the Pharisees have waited for a very opportunistic time. Remember when I said that in, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus has already addressed this. And what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, if you remember, he said, you've heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I say, don't even look on a woman and lust after her, because if you have, you've committed adultery in your heart. And then he goes on to say, if you get divorced and you get remarried, you've committed adultery. That's what Jesus says in chapter 6. Well, you can imagine the Pharisees, oh, we got him now. We got him now. Because during this time, divorce was very common. It's a lot like it is today. There was a devaluing of marriage. You could get divorced for anything. And the rabbis were promoting this. I want to read some of these are actual quotes of what rabbis were teaching during the day of Jesus. Okay? Of having a bad wife, one rabbi said this. If you got a bad wife, such a man is saved from hell because he has expiated, that means paid for, his sins on earth by living with her. Is that wonderful? Could you imagine? You got a bad wife and you're just like, hey, I'm pretty much saved. Why? Because of her. Because I got to live with her. Right? And the same would go for women. Right? You know, some of you women, it might be true. I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay, right. So here, here, here's, here's what he says. He also says this. Uh, again, a bad wife is like leprosy to her husband. What is the remedy? Divorce her and be cured of your leprosy. Oh, man. That's such good counsel. I love that. Thank you, Rabbi Hamil. I appreciate that. Okay? Divorce her and be cured of your leprosy. Now, see what's happening here. Leprosy is a, is a, is, is a, is a sign of divine judgment. And so leprosy was treated very seriously in those days. So if you could take something treated very seriously by God and apply it to your wife and say, hey, there's nothing I can do. It's like leprosy and we got to get rid of the leprosy, Right? So, sorry, here you go, see you later. Okay, there's one last one I wanted to read. Lastly, if a, bad, if a man has a bad wife, it is his religious duty to divorce her. <laughs> I love that one. That's my favorite one. I hold that one over Lisa all the time, right? So, so divorce was very prevalent at that time, and it was taught. Why? Because people just like... Listen, guys, sometimes we think in America, 2009, we've come so far. People are people. From two people living in a cave back when, or two people living in Irvine, right? People are people. And what we're seeing here is this same type of thing. We want a, a commitment without really having to make the commitment. We love loopholes. 
And this was going on there. I, I was at, before I was a pastor, I had a real job where I actually worked real hours and uh, didn't just get paid to read the Bible and pray, uh, like 10 hours a week or whatever I work. So uh, I had a real job, and it was with import-export, and uh, so we'd bring things into the United States from other countries, and so we'd spend a lot of times at U.S. Customs. So I was in line at U.S. Customs, um, which is a shock that a government agency would have a line, but there was a line, and there was a woman in front who was talking to one of the customs officials, and they knew each other. And the customs official says, hey, I heard you got remarried. And she said, yeah, yeah. It was, her, it was from what I could gather, this was her third try, the third time's a charm. And uh, so she's, she's married, and he says, well, how long have you been married with this guy? And she said, five years. And the guy goes, what are you going for, a record? Right? And, and, and so I, I kind of laughed, and then they both turned on me, and I got arrested. But the point that I'm trying to make is, this is prevalent, Lisa and I will be married uh, in August for 20 years. We're going to celebrate our 20th anniversary. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. But it's not the norm. Now, what happens is Jesus is going right to where they're trying to deceive the people. He's going right to where they are. And he says, he says have you not read? That is a brutal statement to say to a Pharisee. That is a brutal statement. We see it as just like, yeah, well, he's asking him a question. Not to a Pharisee. Like, don't, do you read your Bible? There's this thing, it's called the Old Testament. Actually, it wasn't called the Old Testament then. But here's what, here's what happened. They were saying when Moses commanded them to give her a, thing, uh, um, a writ of divorce. Now, let me read exactly what the scripture says, because this is very important. We're going to be going through a lot of scripture this morning. Deuteronomy, this is where they get this from. Deuteronomy 24.1. When a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes. Oh, goody. We can find, if she finds no favors. Oh, because he's found some indecency in her, and we'll talk about that later. And he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her from the house. Now, I put a comma there because we're going to get to what this means later. But what I'm trying to point out is it wasn't a command. The, the, the Pharisee said this, Why then did Moses command to give her a certificate of a divorce and send her away. That's not what the scripture says. They were tweaking the scriptures in order to fulfill their own personal desires because they were getting divorced. They wanted to figure it out. So he goes after their deception and he says, uh, um, that, that's not what it says, <laughs> right? Goes right after them. That's where the scripture comes from. It wasn't a command. As a matter of fact, God is not condoning divorce in, in Deuteronomy chapter 24. He's not condoning it. He's not recommending it. He's not saying it's a great idea. He's not saying, ah, what the heck. He's just recognizing that sometimes it happens. Well, he's not for it. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So he exposes their deception. Now, we want to see one other thing. They're in an in a area right now called Perea. And in that area, there was a guy who ruled named Herod Antipas. And we talked about him. Remember when we had Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and we showed all the things? I don't know what, who did that, but it was done. And, uh, and so we were talking about how bad this guy was. He was the one that beheaded John the Baptist. Do you know why he beheaded John the Baptist? Because John the Baptist said, what you're doing right now in your marriage is wrong. So now the Pharisees show up and they go, hey, let's talk about divorce, Jesus. They know his answer because he's already answered in six. They want to get him killed. 
And he exposes their deception. Now, how does he do this? The first thing he does is he exalts God's design. This is so important, guys. If you don't get anything else, get this. God has a design, a plan. He designed you a certain way. And this is the design. Are you ready? One man, one woman, forever. That is the design. One man, one woman, forever. That's the plan. That's what it is. That's how he designed us. Is it old-fashioned? Yes, it goes all the way back to Genesis. Is it closed-minded? Yes. Unfortunately, God's just a tad closed-minded. Okay? Is it, is it conservative, you know, whatever? Yes, it's all those things. It's very simple. And this is why it's great for humans. Because there's not too many loopholes in it. One man, one woman, forever. And all of sex happens, all of sex, all of it. Can I say sex from the pulpit? Thank you. All of sex happens within this framework. One man, one woman, forever. That's the way it goes down. Okay? Where does this come from? It comes from Genesis chapter 2. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. See, remember, they made Adam, God made Adam first. Then he parades all the animals in front of Adam. And he's like, none of them are doing anything for me, God. <laughs> I just don't, I mean, you know, whatever. So I was going to say something I decided not to. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me wisdom and insight. Uh, so God makes woman, right? Right of his, out of his rib. And he says, this is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Now watch, for this reason, a man will cleave, leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. One flesh. When you have sex with a person, you become one flesh with that person. You say, now what does that mean? It's how God designed us and all of society right now if you turn on your television if you open a magazine is saying that design is lame you take god's design his ultimate design one man one woman forever that's it and we say man that is kind of i mean i'm in college now and there's some ladies here needing some of my attention right and, you know, and man, man, one, one, one man, one woman forever. That's the design. That's how God, omniscient, creator of the universe, all loving, all holy, he came up with the design. One man, one woman forever. And when they're joined together, they become a new unit. That's a mystery to us. Now we take his design and we go, you know, it's, it's, it's a good start. I like the one man, one thing, you know, but how do you know if that's the one if you don't shop around a little bit, do some research and development? I want to show you uh, an example of what happens when, uh, when we start looking at uh, another design. All right, here with my son, Jesse. I've asked him to design the perfect car and uh, as a sermon illustration. Uh, Jesse, why don't you go ahead and uh, describe your car to me a little bit. Okay. Here, um, you can change the wheels or move this up and down. Okay. Same as this. It goes up and down. 
May I present to you <laughs> the automobile. Now, actually, I had an answer to the, my own question. I can think of lots of reasons why you'd want guns on a car. Uh, but uh, but um, none of them are very Christian. So, uh, anyway, but I mean, what a cool car, right? What a great design. In, in, the, in the Lego kingdom, in the Lego kingdom, this is awesome, right? But I don't live in the Lego kingdom. I live in my kingdom. I've got to drive to work. So I go to this design and I go, man, that's really killer, but it's kind of fragile. I can't really drive on it. I love the fact that you can, I mean, come on, Detroit, how about it? Uh, you know, move the things in there. You could park, you know, you, you drive up to the parking space. And then, that's fantastic, although we're, we don't, I don't live in this kingdom. It's a great design, but it doesn't work in the kingdom I'm trying to live in. Okay? This represents what we've done to marriage in America today. We've said, yeah, I like the design, but it doesn't have any guns, and I like guns. I like the one woman, one man thing. Once I'm ready to settle down, I mean, then, yeah, then, then I'll, you know, let me, let me have some fun first, and then I'll settle down to this one man, one woman thing. That, that's a little better. That, then, because that makes the wheels, you can turn them sideways and go all the way you want. Ah, you know what? It's, it's okay, one man, one woman, look to each his own. You know what? You want to make it two women, two men, two, three cats and a dog and a man and a woman, I don't care, whatever. Right? Just make it whatever. Don't bug me with... You know, if someone wants to design a car that way. But here's the thing. This is how unloving that is. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. We see 
all around us the destruction of trying to over-design God's simple design. And so Jesus here exalts God's design. He goes right back to the beginning. He says that at the beginning, the Creator made the male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Jesus exalts God's design. He says, you know what, Pharisees, I see the guns and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't work because we're in this kingdom, okay? We're in the kingdom, that God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And so we spend all this time trying to, and, and, and you hear, it's so amazing to me how you hear people go, you know, if we just, it's, the, it's, that, it's that right-wing Christian fundamentalist view, I'm not even right-wing Christian fundamentalist, but it's that view, that old-fashioned Bible-thumping view that's causing all our problems. If you just stop making everyone feel guilty, we could sleep around a little bit, we could shack up, we could do whatever. You, you're just, I, I don't want to hear it. But to do that, to be quiet about it, to not speak out and say, man, this is unloving. Because anything outside of God's design brings destruction. And you say, well, I've seen some people who are doing it. They seem to be pretty happy. Yeah, in the Lego world, I'm sure things are working fine. But once there's a little bit of pressure put on it, once the enemy begins to attack, it just crumbles. Because it's not strong enough. God's design is strong enough. He exalts God's design. Let me show you in Ephesians real quick. After all, no one has ever hated his own body, but he feeds it and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, again, he'd go back to the original design. A man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's the design. It says this is a profound mystery in this kingdom. Not in this kingdom. There's no mystery about it. God isn't, it's not all mysterious to him. He knows. One man, one woman forever. See, here's God's design. Right there, it's really nice. Oh, look at that. Yep, really good. Here's our design. Okay, so the driver is removable and the side views really work and there's, there's a stay on number and the eyes go around. Isn't that neat? Oh, I'm so proud. I'm not proud. That's a lame design. I don't know who that kid is, but he's terrible at designing cars, okay? It's not a good design. Number three, he explains God's desire, okay? Hebrews 3, 4 says this. It sheds a little light on it. Marriage is to be held in high honor among all. And the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. I mean, that's a strong word, man. I thought God was all loving. He is. But see, outside of God's design... There is judgment because he's a holy and righteous God. It's not Bible thumping. It's not old-fashioned. It's just the way it is. Now, I want to read a section of Scripture and kind of give you a... It's out of Malachi, and, and here's what's happening. God's just ticked. <laughs> and what he's mad about is people are coming to the altar and they're weeping and they're wailing. and Oh, God, we want to love you with all that we have. We want to do everything, whatever. And they, they're bringing their confession and they're bringing their stuff and they're bringing all this. Thing. And God's just like, I, I don't even want to listen to you anymore. I don't even want to hear it. And you go, man, what would make God so mad? Why would he be so mad that he wouldn't want to hear me you know, praising his name? What, what, what's going on here? And he starts talking about marriage. He says, you know what, you guys? You've just taken the marriage covenant and you've just made it nothing. 
That's why I'm not going to listen to you anymore. It got a little hard and you said, oh, I, I can't do it. And so you got divorced. Here's what he says. He says, has not the Lord made them one? Again, we go back to design. In flesh and spirit, they are his. And why one? Because he was seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. Then he says, I hate divorce. Very, very strong words. And again, for those of you, this is the last time I'm apologizing. I know it happens. I know what's happened here. I probably know of every situation that's happened in this church, but he hates it. If you've gotten divorced, he hated your divorce. Whether it worked out or not, he hated it. And if you're thinking about getting a divorce, he hates that too. He does not like divorce because of the repercussions. He understands the design. And he understands. Now, now listen, I know, I know what's going through your mind. Yeah, but you don't understand this, and you don't understand that, and you don't understand this, and if you know my story. and Your story's not in Scripture. There's not a chapter that says, you know, Bob versus Betty. And it has all your information, and God's commenting on each one. God's just commented on this. So I'm not going to comment on, on, on whatever your situation is. You know what it is. It's between you and the Lord, and that's just the way it is. So I'm not commenting on that. I'm trying to save the marriage that's together now. Whether you've been divorced 50 times and you're in a marriage right now, save it. Save this one. Make this one the one. If you've never gotten married before, don't do it <laughs> until you've really, really, really sought the Lord. Don't, he's, he's so serious about this. He's so dead serious about marriage. One man, one woman, forever, period. I hate divorce, says the Lord. God of uh, Israel, and I hate a man's covering himself with violence as well as with his garment. Here's what it's saying. It's saying this man, he's going after the men in this one, you treat your li- wife like garbage and then you show up and give an offering. You got anger issues, you got this, you put her down, you're emotionally abusive, you're physically abusive, whatever. You don't pay any attention to what she has to say, you do all this kind of stuff, and then you show up like, like hey, everything's cool, but you know what? Your garment's covered in blood. Read the section of Scripture. It's fantastic how God views how we treat each other in marriage. He's dead serious about it. Imagine, (laughs) again, uh, here we go. So imagine, um, imagine somebody gets divorced. You got this two divorced couple. And the dude is like, you know what? I didn't like her. It didn't work out. I fell out of love. I made a bad choice. We got married too young. We had financial issues. She was crazy. I was crazy. It was before we were Christians, blah, blah, blah. And so he shows up with flowers at his next courting thing and going to get somebody a little, he's going to upgrade, okay? And he shows up and he's just covered in blood all over him. And the girl opens the door and goes, uh, yeah, let's go out. Um kind of covered in blood you just yeah it's right there (laughs) if you're going to marry a divorced person keep that in the back of your mind now we're going to talk about there are some loopholes okay we'll get there but keep it in the back of your mind god is dead serious about this and so he explains 
God's desire. Now listen, they use a very, very big term here. He says, what God has joined together. See, this is what we have to understand that happens when we get married in this kingdom. We come, I've done them right here, I've stood right here and married couples. Da, 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 yay! And you know, we go through the whole thing and then afterwards, we're going to have streamers, yay! Or we're going to have candles or we're going to have a clown who's going to juggle with, you know, and all this kind of stuff and then we're going to have a reception. We plan this whole thing and then they decide to get married. And we think we did it. Well, we didn't do it. God did it. Yet we ask for God's sanctification. Oh, come bless the marriage. I mean, who doesn't stand in front of God and man and say, Lord, you know what? On our marriage, you can just stay out of this one. No, we say, oh, bless it. See, it, see him as I see him. We love each other. Oh, it's great. And we say, I do. And they say, I do. And you go off on your honeymoon and you do what honeymooners do. And all of a sudden, God says, I'm setting it apart. It's holy. It's sanctified. I just joined it together. You got it. It's an instrument to be used for holiness. And two years later, we come knocking on his door and we go, see that vessel you got up on the shelf? The one that's marked under holy and sanctified? Oh, we need that back. We're going to use it for something else. We decided that it wasn't really, wasn't really, we shouldn't have given it to you in the first place. And God says, no, I'm sorry, I set that apart. And we say, well, you know what? You don't know what you're doing. We're getting a divorce. That, that God's desire is that you, a one man, one woman forever, get put on his shelf and it's nurtured and it's holy and it's sanctified and it's set apart and no man will separate that. It would be like going into the temple in the Old Testament and taking some of the utensils and stuff that was set apart and holy and you take one of the knives or whatever and you're like, hey, it's like a sword, wee! And you go out and you dig in your garden with it and you pull up some plants or whatever. That's exactly what it's like. God has set it apart. God has joined it together. No one can separate it. Oh, I got a piece of paper. God doesn't care about your piece of paper. You go in and you say, I got a piece of paper and you go and get married again. You're committing adultery is what Jesus is saying. Now, so you go, man, that's a really harsh word. Well, that's what the disciples say right after this, and we're going to go over that in a couple weeks. But that's what God's saying. It's very hard word, and I want you guys to understand. I know, I understand. I'm not trying to put a heavy load on anyone or put a bunch of guilt on anyone or whatever, but we have to begin as a church to tell the youth that this is the way it is. We can't, we can't be so flippant about it. It's God's design. And when we go outside of God's design, we say, your design is lame, God. Mine has wheels that turn sideways. It's way better. It's got guns on it. It doesn't work worth a crud. I can't sit on it, and I can't use it for anything, but it's colorful with colorful guns, and each one is on each side, and I love it. God's desire. Now, now listen, listen. So you go, oh man, oh boy, this is hard. This is harsh word. What do we do? God loves, loves, loves restoration. He loves restoration. So if you're in a bad marriage right now, I can tell you right now, God, you, want, you say, oh Lord, what's your will? His will is that that marriage is restored. 
that your husband starts, stops being an idiot, that your wife stops being a nag, whatever your thing is, God wants that marriage restored. He's already set it apart. It's holy. I think about that, husbands. How you treat your wife is how you treat God's holy, sanctified possession. Wives, how you respect your husband is how you respect God. It's very serious stuff from the very, very beginning. They became one flesh, one unit that he set apart to glorify him. That's how we were designed. And he loves restoration. Now, he expresses God's direction. He says a very strong word. If you get divorced for any other reason than an affair and you get remarried, you're committing adultery. Man, come on, Jesus. If you knew my situation, you would never have said that. It's like he committed adultery. He committed adultery in his heart towards me. It's like she, it's like this, it's like that. And we we haven't seen the value of bearing down and going, no matter what, I'm getting through this. No matter what, I'm getting through this. So let me just give you the three, all right? Three grounds for dissolving a marriage. Here they are, kids. Choose well, please, when you get married. Because these are only three out. Death. <laughs> okay? It doesn't mean you can kill them. Okay? It doesn't mean that you can, like, start putting... You know, you ever... Man, I love reading... Oh, I'm a sick person, but I love reading in the newspaper, you know, some wife, like, poisoned her husband, like, over years, and putting arsenic in there so he'd get used to it, and then they go, oh, man. I just love that kind of stuff. <clears throat> it's just fun. Okay, and then they, they, they always get caught. Ladies, you always get caught, okay? So don't even try it. Lisa tried to put a chicken bone in my sandwich yesterday. About, I, I caught her, okay? Number one, death. Death. <laughs> Number two, adultery. You want to take it out? That's it. And don't be like sending him to Vegas and like hiring someone to try to seduce him and ah, he committed adultery, now he's gone. I just put an idea in your head. That isn't the way it works. And don't be taking it the affair, and holding it over his head for 15 years, saying, I can go anytime. This is my golden ticket. La, 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 la. You just wait. Anytime. Anytime. I got it right here. My get out of you free ticket, right? That's not what it's about. See, God loves restoration. With the death, can't help so much. With the adultery, he absolutely can, and he desires it. If you read the book of Hosea, Hosea is a book about a prophet whose name was Hosea, and he married a woman named Gomer. That's your first problem, okay? <laughs> so he marries a woman named Gomer, and she turns out to become a prostitute, and God says, keep bringing her back, keep bringing her back, keep bringing her back. And finally, she's, she's, she's being sold as a slave, and she's naked, and they're bidding on her, and he comes, and he bids on her and he buys her back and he treats her as though she were a virgin and it was God's view of him and the church him and his chosen people I'm going to be patient with you I want restoration I'm going to keep bringing you back I'm going to keep bringing you back and we go one strike and you're gone however you have that option one affair there you go see in the Old Testament one affair and you were dead they killed you. Deuteronomy chapter 22, read it. 
and then go have an affair. See what happens, right? And the Old Testament was a little harsher. Now it's just like, cool. Back then, they started throwing hucking rocks at you, right? Adultery. You got a third one. The unbeliever leaves. Now, listen, um, here's my position on it. This is about the only place I'll bend. Because <laughs> don't, don't come to me for divorce counseling because I won't give it to you. I, I, I'm really bad at it because uh, I, I kind of take a strong view of it. But <clears throat> here's the thing. A lot of times what will happen is uh, the unbeliever uh, just stays just to beat the crud out of his wife. In that case, he's already left. He's just staying for sport. So in fact, in my opinion, it's as though the unbeliever left. He just happens to stick around just so he can beat up on you. And in that case, for me, you know, again, just you have to go before the Lord for it. I'd, I'd say get out of there. At least just get out of there. <laughs> you know, even if you just stay married but you're separated or whatever. Okay. That's, I, I don't know if, that, if the Lord actually has that as a way out, but I would imagine. Okay, So that to me, in that case where there's physical abuse from myself, that would mean he's already left. He just wants to, he just wants to beat up on you. And that's, that's, uh, that's not cool. Okay? So there are your three. So what do we say? Well, John, shoot, that, that doesn't... Burning the bagel, I doesn't, do, no, uh-uh, it's not there. Nagging me, I'm like, every time I've got, no, I'm sorry. He's, he never talks to me. He never, he doesn't fill my emotional, sorry, emotional tank. That's a, I think she might be crazy. Oh, too bad. Too bad for you, okay, right? I think he's trying to kill me. No, I don't. oh, well, if he does, then he gets out of it, because death, <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding around, right? This is serious stuff, guys. Now listen, again, what if I've been divorced already? Listen, God is a God of grace, okay? He's a God of grace. You've been divorced already, and it wasn't for, it wasn't for adultery? Don't get remarried. You're done. That's, that's the word of God. So if you're, ready to get, if you're ready to live a celibate life, go ahead. And you're You're done. As far as God's concerned, you're still married. You're just living apart. Well, I got a divorce. God doesn't care. That, that, you're set apart. You're sanctified. Let me read you one other section of Scripture here. To the married, I give this command, not I, but the Lord. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thanks for clearing that up for us. A wife must not separate from her husband, but if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. That's it. You're divorced. You're done. No more remarriage. Don't, don't, don't even consider it. You're committing adultery. And if you really love the person you're married, why would you bring them into that? It's tough, guys. It's a tough word. And I'm sorry. But for me, as I look through the scriptures, that's the way it is. As the worship band returns, we, we kind of left on a point where it's like, man, that's really brutal. If you're married, no matter how many times you've been divorced, stay married. Don't all of a sudden show up one day and go, this is my out, and say, hey, you know what? We never should have done this in the first place, okay? However it works, God is viewing you as one flesh as well, okay? If you're not married, you've never been married, please don't get married until you are absolutely sure. The only thing worse 
then wanting to be married is wanting not to be married <laughs> after you've been married. You know, you think, oh, I just want to be married, I just want to be married, I just want to be married. The only thing worse than that is when you get married and go, oh, I just want to be done, I just want to be done, I just want to be done. 